Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined from 3,000 miles away by the one and only Amir Yaz. How do you say? How are you? I'm good. My last name's Yasai, but I just go as Yaz just to be real extra. I knew I wasn't going to say your last name right because I was just on your wonderful podcast and I'm like, okay. Um, thank you for having me on your show, The Take On. Oh my God, you're welcome. It was so fun. We had such a great conversation. It was awesome. Now, we, we, yes, we like did have a great conversation. Now tell me about, let's talk about your podcast for a few minutes. Sure. How did you start? Like, how did you start this? Do you like being a podcaster? Tell me everything. Um, I will tell you everything, David. Um, yeah, so I actually had a podcast um, about a year and a half year and a half ago called let's talk about it um and it was kind of like that whole jersey talk t-a-w-k um so i was doing that with my partner we did that for a while um and um and then we just kind of like you know you reach like a crescendo and you're like okay we've done enough interviews and we both kind of you know separated and moved on um but then i this just kind of fell into my lap i was involved with the documentary um and the documentary filmmaker um was part of this podcast network and she was like you know what you should jump on and you know you've done all these interviews with bravo celebrities and celebrities um you should just make it into a podcast and i was like you know what you don't have to twist my arm (laughs) do you love doing it on your own as opposed to having a colleague yes i absolutely i'm like such a gemini and i'm so controlling and i like to do everything myself like I've learned how to make the graphics. I've learned how to make a website. Like I like to do it everything because I'm just very controlling. Um, and I like everything done exactly the way I want it. So. Okay, first of all, do you see my mouth dropping open? Uh, a, I'm a Gemini too. So when, when, <laughs> when is your birthday? June 11th. I'm June 9th. Oh my God, we're so close. That's why it makes sense that we have a very similar vibe. And I have to say, I totally agree. Having a podcast with a co-host is, I would, I would refer to it as a fucking nightmare. So that's just <laughs> how I would refer to it. Same um, here. That's just Same me, here. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the yeah. thing is, yeah, it's just so much, it's just, it's just yeah. so much easier on your own. And you have your own creative so vision, easier. you know? I do. I do. And I have a really, like, because I was a publicist for so many years and I did, like I, I was in charge of a lot of projects and a lot of people. Like I just, I'm better just doing it myself. Even if it means I'm up till 3 a.m., I would rather do it myself. Me too. And at least you know, like I feel like when you have a successful brand, like you know why it's successful. Mm-hmm. And then like mm-hmm. to explain to someone else, like, no, this is what works. And of course mm-hmm. we're Gemini, so we're always right. 
Exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm single, you know? So um, tell me about it. Gemini's, I have to say, I feel are, A, were the funnest girls at the party always. Yeah, always. <laughs> B, we're like really good friends and a really good time, but like, I don't know, we're, we're not good with dating. We're just not. I'm not, but I think the problem with, for me personally with dating, and I know that a lot of Gemini's probably can relate, is that like I'm either 100% in or I'm completely turned off. Like I could be at a party and it could be like Lady Gaga and I'm like, this is amazing. And then literally, I don't know what happens. I'm just like, I have to go now. Bye. Like I, I make an Irish exit like, and it's hard to date me because I, like I said, I'm really into like horseback riding. And then I'm like, I never want to see a horse again. It's, it's very extreme. So totally. And what are you going to do? Irish goodbye is there's nothing better than an Irish goodbye. <laughs> I hate, I, I just don't like goodbyes. Yeah. It's too hard. I, me neither. It's too like, much work and it's too much. Like we had such a good time and I'm like, we had a time. I got to go. Like, I don't need to talk about it too much. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was great. I was in the moment, and now yeah. we're on to something else. Exactly. Now, speaking of you in PR, so wait, so how did you get into PR, and, like, what type of PR did you do? I know you worked with lots of people, which we're about yes. to talk so, about. I know. We're going to talk about it. So I actually just dropped a TikTok video a couple days ago that's gone viral um, that I talked about working with Erica Jane and I talked about Lisa Vanderpump and um, I haven't heard anything from them. So I, I think I'm not 100% in trouble yet. Um, but I definitely did throw some people under the bus. Um, listen, I, I worked as a publicist for about 10 years. Um, I started out um, in entertainment PR, sorry, fashion PR. So I was doing LA Fashion Week and I realized I was like, I like fashion, but I don't really like want to do the PR because a lot of it's like a lot of bullshit. So I was like, you know what, how can I pivot out? So I actually met, um, oh my God, who was it? Um, his name is August Getty. He's a designer. So I met him at an event and he worked with Paris Hilton and celebrities. And I remember being like, oh my God, like, it's so cool that like you can work with celebrities. Like I kind of didn't think of that kind of PR. So I was like, okay, how can I pivot? So I, long story short, I ended up um, the assistant of a manager working with Michael B. Jordan, Melissa McCartney, Donald Glover. Gwen Stefani. So just being around celebs, I was like, oh my God, I love working with them because not only are they all cray cray and so am I, they all have like such a strong creative vision and they just, it's just, it's really fascinating to be so close to really cool stuff like that. Like I was there when they produced Atlanta and seeing Donald Glover put out all the papers and it was really, really neat. So I worked there and then I realized that like there was no growth. So then I went to kind of PR with Bravo Liberties and restaurant openings. Um, so I helped open like Tom Tom, and that's kind of where I worked with Lisa Vanderpump and Ken. Um, and then I, I I did live appearances with Erica Jane, and they were just like she like wouldn't go on live TV, and it was just such a nightmare because I have to be the bad guy, and like I hate being the bad guy, so I have to stop all the fun. And like she was really upset; she thought I was very rude and disrespectful, but that's my job. Like, I think the publicist's job is to be rude and disrespectful. We have to stop interviews. Like I've had to tell people, oh, you can't ask that question. I've had to pull people out of parties. I've had to stop meet and greets. Like that's my job is to kind of be an asshole. Um, and it comes naturally. So it, like, it, it was a great fit for me. Okay. Slow down because there's so much in this. I gave you so much. You've like gotten you to everything lot. that I, okay, just let's, let's back it up. Now, when I you were you with these like A-list celebrities that are yes. non-Bravo celebrities, yes. what made you want to leave them and go into this reality world? Like, was that like a conscious decision? I mean, it sounds like it kind of was. Well, I think I realized I was like, on some level, I've always wanted to be the talent. So I've always like, I've always been drawn. Like the reason I came to LA and, came, and I went to USC for undergrad was because I wanted to be an actor. And once I went on these auditions, I was like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but I'm very fascinated by entertainment. So when I started working with these like A-list celebrities, I realized a lot of it was just handholding. Like it was just like a lot of their management of their mental health or like you have to get them a date to the Oscars or whatever. Like it just felt like it was a lot of babysitting. So one of the reasons I jumped to reality stars was that like, there's not as much babysitting because they're not really A-list. So like, I, it, that's kind of the, the reason I jumped because I met a reality TV producer and he was like, you'd be really great working with like reality talent because they also only need a publicist for like six months as opposed to all the time because they usually only get publicists like when the show is on, you know, with right. a lot of Bravo shows. So I was like, all right, like, so that's how I got into that. And then who was your first like reality star or Bravo person? Oh, 
Bravo person. Um, I think the first Bravo person we worked with was, um, oh my God, uh, Patty Stanger. So we did an really? event with Patty Stanger, yeah, Millionaire Matchmaker. So like oh, that, I was, know her. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you do. I know you know your shit. Um, and so I, yeah. So we did an event with her, which was really great. And then we did a couple like matchmaking events that came out of that. And then I, wor I worked with a bunch of matchmakers, which was really random. But I was like, this is really cool. And then as we started, then we started working with the Toms, and then we worked with Lisa Vanderpump and Ken. And you know, um, it, it was it's just tough working with those a list a list Bravo celebrities because. They are like, I'm only coming for 15 minutes. And it's like, it's your event. Like, you need to come longer. Like, it was a lot of negotiations. And it's tough because Bravo also has a lot of restrictions, um, like, on what we can show and what we can talk about. And, you know, because we were really pushing for the event opening to be on the show, on Vanderpump the Opening Rules, of Tom Tom? Uh-huh. They, they, and they were like, no, we're already doing our own opening. Like, we don't want to, and we were like really pushing to have our event as the opening because technically our event was before the grand opening. So it was just kind of like, well, why can't we just make this, you know, the opening? Because we had a lot of Bachelor stars there and we had a lot of like celebrities there. We had, you know, Samantha Mumba. We had a lot of celebrities that were showing up and we were like, why don't you just make this the event? And it was interesting that they were like, they, they want to control every aspect of it. It um, can be tough. That's an understatement. Yeah. So, so your opening mm -hmm. with Tom Tom, the real opening wasn't when we saw that like sidecar pull up with the Toms. That wasn't it. Well, we did that at our event as well. So, but okay. we did it, I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's been like almost two years now, but I think if I'm not mistaken, it was like a week before or like two weeks before was our event and then they had the, the grand opening. So now let's start out on a positive note. You said, yes. I've read somewhere recently that you said, which doesn't shock me, the Toms are lovely, you said. Yes? Oh my God, they're lovely. Yeah, they were actually, I when I talked about Erica and Lisa, I also talked about the Toms. And a lot of people- We're going like, to get to Erica and Lisa, don't you worry. Oh, no, no, I'm not worried. I'm not okay. worried. You're leading the ship. I'm just here. I'm just here for the, I'm here for along the ride. But yeah, the Toms, like I got like hundreds of comments about people saying I met the Schwartzes and I met Toms and they're like so nice. And they really are. Like Ariana is just such a doll. They're, they're all really, really, really nice people. Like I, I was quite impressed. Katie was nice too? Um, Katie wasn't there. So I have a, never met Katie. Um, but I, I've always liked her story and I, I feel like we get along. But I think she's kind of misunderstood. Like even when she got upset about the cops, um, coming to like fake arrest, whatever, Jax. And I, I understood where she was coming from. So I've always kind of been team Katie a little bit. Did you have any experience like with this opening, like with Jax, Brittany, Kristen, Dodie? So, so Jax was there. Um, Jax was in the corner. He came in a hoodie. He refused to do the red carpet. Um, he was just in the corner smoking a cigarette. Like he refused to interact with anyone. Um, James Kennedy was a nightmare. Uh, he wouldn't take pictures with people. Th this is also before he was sober. So I have to give him the benefit of the doubt, but he was, I, I remember like this, this woman asked if she could take a picture with him and her, her daughter. And he was like, oh, you only want my picture because I'm a reality star. And I was like, James, you have to take the, like, I had to step in and be like, James, just take the picture. Like, let's not make a scene. Cause then the woman was like, you're a bitch. And like, I was just like, let's not make a scene. Let's take a picture and let's move on, you know? And I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting someone's picture just because they're a reality star. Like, yeah, well, that is why. That's yeah, kind of the job. That's what um, I thought. <laughs> what about Kristen? Was was Kristen there? How was she? Kristen was not there. I've actually never met Kristen as well. I, I would, I've never met Stassi. I've never met Kristen. So I would really, um, I mean, I know they're embroiled in a lot of drama now, but they, I've always wanted to meet. I've always liked the way the show was set up. It was like aspirational yeah. and it was, relatable like a lot of them were servers for real you know and what was this i saw a post was that in real time you posted something on your instagram story the other night about jacks was that like you were there witnessing this whole no so that that was oh. from that was a throwback okay that was a throwback that was i didn't even know what that oh that was from the okay so i just saw it i was like what what's going on with jacks now <laughs> and you said sheena shea was like lovely which I've had Absolutely. the best. I've had the best experiences. Sheena to me is like when I interviewed her on this show, I was like mm -hmm. shocked. Like she's smarter than people think. Nice, so nice. So I mean, you've had good experiences with her. I have absolutely. She took hundreds of pictures with people. She was so gracious. She thanked me before she left the event. Um, which I've done events for like the Oscars and the Golden Globes, and A-list celebrities do not say thank you. 
So the fact that she said thank you, she's, you know, she knew my name. She, she was very, very gracious. And, you know, the whole editor's drama, like with her getting edited in a negative light, she even handled that really well. Like, I feel like if that was me, I would have been very pissed off and I would have like kind of dragged the bitch a little bit. But she was very nice. She was very gracious about it. Well, it's like strange in a way, like Sheena is kind of winning Vanderpump rules. Like who would yeah. have ever put, I never <laughs> would have predicted this, you know? Right, like, right. Absolutely. Now, okay, so talk to me about, so Lisa and Ken, so like what you worked with them through this particular event, like that was the main exposure you had to them? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I know you've said, you have, well, you've just said it now, you haven't had the best experiences. Lisa, tell us about this. No. I mean, listen, I don't like, again, I don't know her personally. So for people that are like, oh, you're, you're just basing this off of one event. I understand that, but it was multiple occurrences for that one event. So she, again, she's very nice to everyone around her. She was like, said hello to everyone. She always had her dogs and this like kind of redheaded woman would carry her dog. And, you know, Ken was, was a serious businessman. They're, they're, they're business people. Like they were tough. They, they wanted to negotiate on everything and, you know, they need to pay for the venue because we're the PR that's doing the event. So they were, you know, we had to pay them obviously to have the space, to have the venue. So it got like, there were times where Ken would be like, oh, I need 5,000 more. And we're like, uh, the events in a week, we have no other venue. Like, so there was a lot of stuff where it was just kind of like, I understand he was playing hardball, but it was tough because it's like, we had no option. Like we, we had booked Tom Tom as the venue. That's where we're doing the event, the opening. We have to like, we can't just be like, oh, okay, we're going to do it at Chuck E. Cheese, you know? Like, you gave us, like, you know, you gave us your word. So that was kind of annoying. And then she came to the event, and she was only there for 15 minutes. So she refused to take pictures with anyone. She, like, didn't engage with anybody. She came in with the dogs, smiled, and left. And, like, I, I get it. She's not Sheena. She's not James Kelly. I get it. But, like, it would have been nice if she kind of stuck around a little bit. It is her restaurant, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. And let's face it, I mean, you know, people wanted to see everybody, but they really want to see Lisa. That's just how it is. Exactly. exactly. And so this exactly. redheaded woman, what? She just is hired to carry the dogs around next to Lisa? Exactly. And she was lovely. Like, she was very nice. She was very gracious. She let people touch the dogs. She let people take pictures of the dogs. Um, I know Lisa has done, like, Pride stuff. I, I met her once at Pride. She came out. And all the gays, like, ascended on her. And she's like, take me back inside. And that was like my favorite kind of pride moment with Lisa, where she just couldn't hang with the gays. It's kind of funny. That is kind of funny. And what else mm -hmm. did I want to ask you? Did she interact with like Sheena or anyone like that? Or she just was like in her own world? She was in her own world. Like she came in, it, it was like, she was just basically like, like, you know, when like a landlord comes to check a property, they're just like, okay, everything looks good. We're going to leave. Like, I felt like the car was still running. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was like, it was just in and out. And like Ken stayed a little longer, but even even his interactions, like I remember we were still kind of talking at the table and he was like, all right, we're done. Gotta go. Like, you know, he was, they're, they're very cut and dry. They're, they're also British. So the company I worked for was a British PR company. So I was the only one that was like, wait, this is kind of weird. They were like, yeah, that's how British people are. Like, so I think that might have something to do with it as well. You just thought they would stay a little longer. I thought so. Okay, now let's talk about, because I did, I didn't see your, so talk to me before we get to Erica about TikTok. So I know you have a lot, what, you have 2 million followers on TikTok or 2 million people watch this video. I saw some statistics like that. Yeah, so I have, um, I have about 5 million views on my videos. I only have 40,000 followers, but I, That's like, the videos have gone viral. Yeah. <laughs> you need to, okay, first of all, I do not understand TikTok. I, like, I, you need to teach me TikTok. I tried. I can't do it. <laughs> makes no you know who wins yeah. tiktok for me for, from a housewife's point of view megan king edmonds oh yes she's really good and leah's really good from roni leah yes. does a great job leah is like oh she's winning her and those are the two that i mean they're relatives you know they're younger maybe they're more right. but they really right. they win so how'd you get you just love tiktok I just love TikTok and you know, I initially I started out doing all the dances and all of the voiceovers and trying to kind of keep up to trend. And I was like, I'm 34. I need to stop trying to do what like, you know, I don't know, Charlie DeMillo, who's like someone that has 40 million followers. Like, why am I trying to do what she's 17? So when I gave that up, I started doing my own things, which I started posting um, all of the celebrities that were doing TikTok incorrectly. So I called it 
corny ass celebs on TikTok and I talked about every celebrity from Jason Derulo to Lisa Rinna and like just came for all of them. And then Jenny McCarthy found me on TikTok and I was actually on her show on um, Sirius XM. So she's friends with Lisa and she saw it and then showed it to Lisa and they were laughing about it. So then I was on her show and then I think that helped to like bring some exposure to the TikTok. And then, well, being on the Jenny McCarthy show, that's kind of a fun thing, right? Yeah, it was really fun. It was just, it was like surreal to like see her. And it was like maybe a couple months into doing it. Um, it was a couple, like two months ago that I was on the show. And it was just like surreal um, to, to hear her like say my catchphrase, which is next. So I like every video, I'll, like I'll be like next, like you're, you're done. And so it was just weird to see her like doing my catchphrase and talking about, you know, Lisa Rinna and Donnie Wahlberg loves it. And I was like, what is going on? Um, so That's it, kind it was of a moment. Kind of it was a moment. It was a definite moment. And I think now people are loving that I'm talking about the celebs that I've worked with because um, I get a lot of DMs of people that are like, you're lying. You've never worked with them. And I'm like, yes, I have. This is all true. None of this is like, is made up. Like none. Of, and, and I haven't signed a single NDA, so I don't need to like, that's fine. Do you get a lot of hate DMs? Um, I mean, I get hate for like talking about how I'm a queer Muslim. I think I get a lot of like anger about that. People are really? like, you can't do that. Oh yeah, people don't like that at all. And I'm not very religious, but I, I think it's important that I talk about if that's who I am, that's who I am. And you have to be okay with that. So I get a lot of people that are like, you're going to hell. And I'm like, great, sure. Interesting. <laughs> I got of all the things to get hate for, yeah. that's not what I would have expected. Mm -hmm. So, all right, so yes, talk to me about Erica. I know you did this video yes. and I saw some other things. So tell me about Erica. It doesn't sound like you had a pleasant experience. So I just want to do a disclaimer real quick because I think it's important that people realize that I love to watch Erica on TV and I love her and I've seen her perform at Pride. Again, the gays made Erica. Like when she performed at Pride, there was probably a hundred people there and like, she was not filling up stadiums. Like the gays knew about Erica Jane before anyone else did. So I think that's important to mention. And I, I love her. I think she's great. I love her fashion. I'm all here for it. But my personal experience with her, which was only two times. And was where horrible. was this? Like for yeah, what? So I will tell you. So she wrote a book. Um, I can't remember the name of the book. I think it's The Pretty Mess. Pretty Mess, yeah. Pretty, Pretty Mess. Mess. Yeah, so she um, was on Fox uh, Daytime, uh, Fox 11, uh, the daytime show. So she was supposed to be on live TV. I walked in, her makeup artist um, and I have mutual friends, because you know the gays, everyone knows each other. You throw a rock, you can hit a gay that you know. So oh. I was like, right? So I was like, okay, I went up to him and we were chatting. And he was like, oh my God, look at Megan Trainer's makeup. Like I did her makeup really, like it didn't look good and it didn't turn out great. And I kept telling her, let's redo it. And she wouldn't, long story short, she's like, look how bad Megan Trainer looks, right? So I just look over and I'm like, oh my God, like it does, she's a cute girl, doesn't look right. Then Erica Jane's like, don't talk about clients in front of this stranger, this random person. And by the way, I'd met her before because I'm, I was the fill-in publicist that day. So I was the one that was filling in. Wait, wait, wait. She said that to who? The makeup artist? She said that to makeup artists, pretending I wasn't there and pretending she hadn't just met me 20 minutes ago because I was the one that was introduced. I was filling in for my boss. So I was there, going to take her on live TV. I had just met her. She's like, don't say it to the stranger. And I was like, Erica, we just met. And she was like, please don't speak to me. And I was like, what? What is happening? And I think on some level, she might have thought that I was creating drama by like saying Megan Trainer doesn't look good. I don't know what set her off. Um, and she was like, you shouldn't talk about clients in front of your also me, which is your client. So then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then sat down. And then I went across the room in the green room and I was sitting on a couch and she kept giving me dirty looks. I don't know what she thought I did, um, but I didn't do anything. So then I go up to her 30 minutes later and I'm like, you have to go on live TV. And she's like, don't tell me what to do. And I'm like, that's literally my job. And I was like, your book is on, like, we can see it on the screen in the green room. You have to go on now. And she like huffed and puffed and gave me a dirty look and then went on TV. Cause when it, if you've never done, if you guys don't know live TV, you're in a green room, it's about like a five minute walk. So you need to like get going when yeah. they tell you. Um, and then again, I'm getting like hate from the assistants. Cause they're like the people that work at Fox are like, she needs to go now. And I'm like, you know, this is my job. I could get fired for this. So then she goes on TV, great. And then I go to her office because my boss is doing an interview with her. Um, so they're doing an interview at her office, like her Hollywood office, the one that we see on the show. So I walk in and, I, and my boss is like, oh, this was is- Was this like the same day, like related or totally unrelated? This is the same day. So this is a second 
like occurrence, maybe a couple hours later. Okay. So then my boss is like, Amir is like a star employee. He's like everything. We love him. And she's like, oh, I already know about him. Like, I know him. And I was like, what? I was like, I didn't do anything. And my boss is like, wow. Like she, and she didn't, she's like really smart. So she was like, okay, let's get the interview on. Like she just kind of blew past it. Erica's doing the interview. She's super cold. She's like pissed off. She doesn't want to do the interview and is like really annoyed. And then we're leaving the office and she's like, I don't know what she said specifically. I can't remember. It's been a couple years, but she said something along the lines of what a great day with you. Like kind of like, in, like to, to my boss. And then we're walking in the hallway and my boss is like, uh, what? That was really cold. Like she usually is very friendly with me. She was pissed off. Like what happened? And I explained it to her and she was like, oh, okay. Well, like, it seems like you're on the right side of it. Like you're not to blame for this. Long story short, three hours later, I get a call from her boss, which is my boss's boss. And it's like, Erica Jane called from her private plane flying to Vegas and tried to get you fired. Like, what did you do? And I was like, and I, again, I had to explain myself again. And it was like this whole situation. And I was just like, what is going on? Like I, and you know, I was like, I was doing you a favor. And then I got kind of pulled into the, all this, I guess a pretty mess. <laughs> no pun intended. So wait, so back at the, back at the Fox TV station. So the makeup artist that she was upset with, that was her makeup artist. or that was like the station's makeup artist. No, that was her makeup artist. So I think on some level, she was thinking, like, if you're going to make fun of Megan Trainer, like, are you making fun of me? Right. Like, to other people. Again, I don't and know. why are you doing it in front of the stranger, which was you, and you were standing right there? And I was standing right there, and I was like, does she not see me? And I was like, Erica, we just met 20 minutes ago. And she was like, "I please don't talk to me. And I was like, what? And I literally left kind of, like, gobsmacked, because I, again, I really like her. So I was just like, what the hell? Yeah, I was really odd. What happened? So I, well, yeah. And I mean, for her to call and then like really follow up and make a big deal out of it and try to get you fired. So like when your boss called or your boss's boss called you, like what happened? Like, they're just like, okay, you're not fired. It sounds like you didn't do anything wrong. They're basically like, they were like, we're on your side. But then like a couple weeks later, I did get fired. Cause like so, Erica or Lisa have power, I would think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I also at the time was like, you know, I was younger and I was a bit more immature. So I think that I definitely was like maybe a little bit more sassy. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think about all the ways that I could have possibly created my own situation. But again, I was gracious. And again, publicist is a bit of a pushy job. Like she was laughing with all of her assistants and all of her makeup artists. And I had to keep going among them. And, and you've seen them on the show. They're not, they're not the most like welcoming people. They're pretty intimidating. And I was like, I'm sorry, we have to go. And they were like, they would just like ignore me and I'd be like, um, and then I'd have like the assistant from Fox go and like, you know, and you, if you've done live TV, you know, there's a bunch of assistants, there's producers running around. People are like kind of scared to talk to the talent. They don't want to piss them off. So they're like, Amir, can you tell her again? And I'm like, she doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> you might be one of the only people that's really ever told Erica Jane what to do. <laughs> I did. And you know what? It, cost me my job but you know I don't regret it because I got to see her office I got to see you know I got to see into something some, like into the inner circle of her world and it was cool but it was just like I don't think it's appropriate to treat people that way and the reason I'm talking about it now is because I think it's important that people know that like no matter who you are like you need to talk to assistants and producers and people around you really nicely like I have an assistant I work with producers I'm on set like I, I think it taught me a great lesson, no matter how successful you become, it's important to be gracious. I think so too, I do. And I just think, like, wouldn't it, I mean, isn't it the best thing, like if you have a certain level of success, or you're good at your job, especially if you're in the public eye where people are like, oh my God, that person's so nice, I never thought that. I mean, I'd like to think, I mean, pe people do say that about me, they say it to me and I'm like, I mean, I don't know how else to be. Like. You know? This is how you are. This is how yeah. you are. And you get more with honey than vinegar. And like, there are people that I've met that I'm like, oh my God, I thought they were going to be awful. Like Mariah Carey was so gracious. JLo, so gracious, so kind. Like talk to the janitor. It was like, can I get you a coffee? I mean, there are so many examples of like diva people that are really not. And then there's those people that play like nice characters and they're nightmares. It's like bizarre. Interesting. It's, I, yeah. Where did you meet JLo? Um, so I worked for this photographer, John Russo, and he used to photograph like every celebrity. So um, we were just on a shoot with her. She's stunning. She's gorgeous. Yeah. And Mariah was nice too. 
Mariah, I met at like um, one of those like Christmas special like kind of things. So she was just kind of like just being herself and being kind of diva-esque, but also very kind, like was very nice to everyone and was gracious. And again, it was Christmas. So I feel like that probably put her in a good place. And you think, because I'm not sure I would agree, but you in your experience, well, maybe from a PR point of view, working with A-listers was more, like they were actually worse than Bravo celebrities. Because... Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I, I have, I have, <laughs> I've kind of dealt with it all. Like I've had to deliver a bag of weed on the Emmys. I've had to drive all the way to the Valley to deliver a bustier for a birthday party. I mean, I've done it all. Like it's just some of the dumbest things. Can you please pick me up Del Taco at 4am? That was Michael B. Jordan. Um, I was like, you can get your own Del Taco, you know? So like, there's a lot of like, and again, I'm not, again, Michael B. Jordan was amazing, but like there is a level of, babysitting that PR people do and don't ask for any credit and I think that because I'm not in it anymore it's almost like I've given up that oath like we're basically supposed to be out of every photo never get involved in the drama never become friends with the celebrity but we're literally helping them pee at the Met Gala and I'm like how are we not going to become friends like because you're always with that person like I was always at Michael B. Jordan's house like I was always with his family like we had to wait for packages all day like I had to bring him food they never have cash like people that don't know celebrities don't carry a wallet. So we would go to dinner and imagine I'm getting paid $15 an hour and Michael would be like, can you pay for dinner? And I'm like, where's your wallet? (laughs) You know, like I have to do like, I have to then give this to my boss to get reimbursed. And you know, celebrities, if you don't know, if you've never hung out with celebrity, like, let me tell you, they order everything on the menu. Mm -hmm. Like they like to sample everything. They like to get the most expensive bottle of wine. And all of a sudden dinner is $1,500. And you're like, why don't you have a wallet? Like you just got paid $4 million for Silver Surfer or whatever. Like, you know, and I think that the reason I also didn't work sometimes in PR is that like when celebrities would complain, I would just be like, you just got a $4 million check, buy a new car. Like Michael was complaining that he got a scratch on his car and all the agents and managers were like, we're so sorry. And I'd be like, I was just like, buy another car. Like you have the money, (laughs) you know? You kind of just told the truth and how it was. Right, right. They don't like that. They don't. They like don't. That. No, they don't like that. And yes, they like no. to order everything on the menu. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. you would just have to pay for all these dinners and like get it reimbursed, which is a pain in the exactly. ass. Exactly. Which is such a pain in the ass, and a lot of people like there. There's a lot of glamorizing of like PR people and being on the other side and being involved with celebrities and you get to go to the Oscars. Honey, I've never been to a fabulous party that I'm not working. Like I was working the Golden Globes. I was working an Oscar after party. I was working an Emmy's like gifting suite. Like people are like, oh my God, that's so cool. I'm like, I'm serving them. Like I'm not like friends with them. I, you know, so I think PR is tough because you really have to check your ego. Who'd you deliver weed to at the Emmys? <laughs> I'm not telling you that. <laughs> That'll get me in trouble. <laughs> but that's an unusual. Um. Who is oh, like? I've, I've seen worse. I've done. I know. I've never done it, but I know publicists that have delivered cocaine, prostitutes, dates, um, cars full of cash. I mean, they, PR people do some really weird stuff. I've never done any of that. But who is like the worst, right? In the best you've ever worked with? The worst and the best. Um, I think the best I've ever worked with is Donald Glover. He's so gracious. Um, really? he's also, his singing name is Childish Gambino. He is so gracious and we were actually the same age and i remember i was like oh can i make you a coffee and he was like i'm the same age as you i can make my own coffee like very gracious very very gracious that's really nice what about the worst the worst i mean there's so many oh my god um erica jane was bad but she was not the worst um there was a woman there was a pr i had a pr boss that threw a stapler at my head um that wasn't a celebrity but um, I, there was, oh, the Kardashians were wonderful. Sorry, that was also, really. Um, Kim, I worked with Kim, Courtney, and then, um, I don't know if you ever saw a show called The Gastineau Girls, Brittany oh, Gastineau. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she was really gracious. Scott Disick and Sophia Ritchie were all gracious. We did, like, a opening of a gallery, um, and they were all so wonderful. Like, Kim gave me a hug. Paparazzi thought we were friends. They were taking pictures of us together. Like, she was very, very, and Honestly, one of the most stunning people I've ever seen in person. Like, looks like a doll. I could just see that. Stunning. stunning. Like, moving in slow motion. Um, and then another worse one, I think, was... There was a movie called... Um, oh, my God. What was it called? Uh, not Sparta, but it was this other movie. 
I can't remember. It was a really big blockbuster. There was a Romanian actress that was in that. And she used to wear, I don't remember her name, but she used to wear yellow boas. And in our meetings, she'd wear sunglasses. She would like, she'd leave her dirty dishes on the people's desks. Like she would want validation all day for parking. I mean, she was truly a nightmare. I can't remember the name of the movie, um, which is probably better that I don't throw her fully under the bus. But yeah, she was a nightmare. <laughs> and all the Kardashians were nice. Wow. They were all really nice. I was, um, I was, I was quite taken aback by that. What about like, did you interact with Kris Jenner or she was just kind of out of it? She wasn't there. I was surprised. I was like, she, she wasn't there. It was funny because our gallery opening was for Brittany Gastineau and she kind of like, there was no one there. And I went to get a drink with my friend across the street and I came back and there was like loads of paparazzi. And I guess literally like the 10 minutes that I was gone or 15 minutes, they all showed up. All the Kardashian clan showed up. So. Do you love, like, do you watch reality TV? Like, any of it? I mean, you said you I watch it Erica. all. <laughs> okay. I mean, I like I watch it all. I didn't know if you truly just watched it all when you weren't I doing watch it all. Work. I watch everything. Like, I even watch Camp Getaway. Like, I'll watch it all. I feel like I'm a researcher at Bravo. I'm like, God forbid someone asked me about Married to Medicine season five, episode six, and I don't know exactly what happened. It's, like, bizarre. I don't know why I do that to myself. Do you like, I, I like the Married to Medicine LA. I like the LA version better. I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. The LA, Imani's good, but I feel like the rest of them are holding back. I just can never get over Mariah Huck. I can't get over like Contessa. And I just, I love that. And, and Miss Quad, Miss Quad. I feel like that Ms. Married Quad's to Medicine original. Oh, Miss Quad is so good. And did you hear about the Mariah drama about Bravo basically taking her show from her? No. Pretty messed up. So Mariah created that show and she's the only black creator on Bravo and they just literally just fired her from the show. Really? Yeah. So it's pretty messed up. She was doing a lot of interviews about that. So it was really messed up. I, I need to research that. What is your favorite show on Bravo? It doesn't have to be you know on I, right now. It's mm-hmm. a great question. Mm. And what and what's not? Like, did you like Can't Get Away? No. I, I listen, I love Glenn and I love all the people that are on it. I think they're all really gracious and wonderful. Like Niall's one of my really good friends. I just, the show itself, I felt like there was too many rules, right? Like what we want to see at camp is people having sex in the lake. We want to see people skinny dipping. We want to see people doing drugs. There was too many rules. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. And then like the last two episodes were like so much drama with Glenn and the breakdown. I was like, show this earlier like don't and then i felt like the camp instructor woman that was like from ireland or something she was just too strict i was like this isn't kate chastain oh i love kate chastain oh she's the best one i think she is the best one i think that she really should be a housewife on roni i think she would be great i i i'm like all for her so i that's funny that you said that because my question like that you asked about the best show i think it's below deck Really? I just love Below Deck. I love seeing the hookups. I love seeing the drama. I love seeing people, maybe it's from my trauma of being a publicist, that I like seeing people working for those rich people on Below Deck. It's like, I kind of feel like being a publicist is working on Below Deck. I, I, I could see that. First of all, that's very straight of you because that's like the straight person show. It took me, no, I mean, it is. It, it took is. me a minute. Like, I have to say this season of Below Deck Met, I'm loving for some reason. I don't so know. So good. It's but, so like, good. better than it's been in so long. I, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? I mean, I guess that is true. You know, there needs to be a show. Like, I know there kind of has been best. There should be a show about publicists. There should be a show. I mean, there's been shows about publicists. There should be like a below, there should be like a workplace publicist show. That would be mm-hmm. a great show. Absolutely. They had PR girls, but it only lasted yeah. like one season. And then they did it kind of with um, the city. But yeah, like that was not really fully PR. But like Olivia Palermo, classic. Kelly Catrone, these are classics. Classic. I worked with Kelly. So I used to work with Kelly when I was in fashion PR. She's great. Really Is wonderful. She? Very loving. That's a vil- Those, Olivia and Kelly are, they're, they're literally Adam DeVillo's smart mind of making villains. I don't know if you've seen um, Whitney and her husband, Timmy, who I'm friends with, um, are, wa- are basically watching the city and reacting to it on YouTube. It's so good because they give you all these little tidbits. It's super interesting. I've seen some of it. First of all, Adam DeVillo is a fucking genius. genius. That's the first genius. thing. Lo- love Whitney. Do you watch, speaking of Adam DeVillo, are you obsessed with selling Sunset? 
Oh my god, I'm obsessed with Selling Sunset. Oh my god. It's Selling like Sunset. my favorite. It's oh. right now my it's, absolute favorite. It's everything. Yeah, I talked to Marion Roman and I talked to Amanza and I just love Chris Shell. I just I think it's so fun because it takes million dollar listing and housewives and kind of puts it together. And who doesn't love Christine's style? I mean, I love to see what she's gonna wear. It's so fun. They're all I've spoken to Mary before, not Roman. I've spoken to Amanza. It's like, I don't know, that show, there's like right now, that's my current reality obsession. It's so Me too. Me too. I mean, and I like everyone is gorgeous. It's the yes. hills. It's but I also love million dollar listing. I think it's a really good season. Like I just love mm -hmm. I just love real estate. Like real estate porn Same. is with selling <laughs> sunset is like <laughs> the city was great though. Kelly Catrone is a legend. So good. Absolutely. And Whitney's awesome. I went to USC with her, so I, I was friends with her there and she's wonderful. Very gracious. Again, I like people that are gracious and are like giving and they always have longevity because Hollywood has the memory of a tortoise. Like we remember who's difficult. You know, the reason Lindsay Lohan can't get jobs is because every publicist is like, don't hire her. Like don't work with her. Like you become difficult. People take notes. So don't be a dick. She's really, and could she have learned anything now? Like could, can, can't Lindsay come back and just be like, I've learned. I finally have learned. I'm different. I mean, she did her parent trap reunion recently and she seems really like cleaned up and she looked healthy. And I mean, maybe, I think at this point, it's important for her to be very truthful and to either do a reality show, not the way she did it, where we didn't get to see anything. That's the way that she can have a comeback. Or if she was part of like a real housewives, I mean, I think Lindsay would be a great addition to a housewife. I mean, she's a little frickery, so it could be good. She would be great on New York if she just ever wanted to come mm -hmm. back from Dubai. Mm-hmm. Below mm -hmm. Deck is good. I'm trying to think, what else? Like, are there any shows you don't like that you've watched at a reality besides, like, Camp Getaway? A lot of people I don't think like Camp, anything. Get, mm -hmm. Camp Getaway ahead, may, may come back. I mean, I don't see how it could. Yeah, I don't know. Bravo is kind of, it's almost like they're kind of forgiving when it comes to those kind of, like, summer campy shows. Sometimes they, like, will give it a second go. I don't know why. I loved Family Karma. I don't know why they didn't get a reunion. I really liked seeing Indian Americans. Like, I thought that was super fun. I thought Anisha was a real reality star. Like, she could be something. She has a great TikTok as well. Um, I think the show that... Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I was gonna... Yeah. What else? I'm trying to think. I, you were asking about a show that I don't, don't think like. should come back. Um, Do you like Shaw's? Mm. I mean, I like Shaw. I mean, I'm Persian, so I like Shaw's because I like the breakdown. I think this season was one of the best seasons they've ever had. By um, far. By far. The reunion was wonderful. I know um, Reza and I know Mike and I know Gigi. Gigi and uh, Gigi's dad and my dad are good friends. So I know a lot of the people on the show. I just think that sometimes the show can become very insular and it's hard for people to understand it and relate to it. But they do a good job defining it and breaking it down. So I think that that's great. Um, but yeah, a show that shouldn't come back. I mean, I guess, I hate to say it, but I felt like Cam Getaway didn't have a heart. Like, I, I was kind of missing the heart in it. I was missing the connections with the people. I felt like everything was just too buttoned up, like I said, yeah. Are you a fan of Summer House? Um, I mean, I love Summer House just because it's kind of fun, but it's a little ridiculous at times. I mean, I'm good friends with Hannah Burner, so I love her. I think she's wonderful. She's created her own world outside of that. Um, I think a little bit of it is a little too white and it's a little too like white straight look. Like I just feel like it needs a little, um, it needs a little color. I mean, they brought in Jewel to Jordanian, which is cool, but they need a black person. They need an Asian person. They need something to like shake it up and um, give it some life. I just think sometimes it's a little too like straight edge, you know? And I feel that's a show Bravo, like for some reason stood behind, like waiting yeah. for it to find an audience. Like, it kind of was the Camp Getaway season one, you know, not dissing that cast, but they kind of right. gave it a chance to find its audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I don't know if that has something to do with it being a wider cast. I mean, Bravo's gone in trouble, you know, recently with that stuff. So like, I hope that's not what it is, but you know, I, I think Bravo really needs to, like I said, step up and make some changes and watch what happens live. Needs a little shakeup. Like Bravo needs a little shakeup. And what do you think for Watch What Happens? Like, what would you want to see happen? Well, I think I should be hosting it. <laughs> um, but uh, aside from that, I think it should be 
either a woman of color, a queer woman of color. Like we need some like, you know, like Ellen even going and grooming Kelly Clarkson, a straight white person to take over for her. Like, why are we not having someone more interesting and different and layered and like someone that's gonna have fun. Andy Cohen is so focused on answering every Twitter or Facebook question. I'm like, why don't you ask your own questions? Like, why are you so dependent on those cards? Like he's been doing this for what? 10 years and he still has the cards and holds on for dear life. It's like, can you just wing it? Like, I don't know why you're so like stuck to these cards. Well, also for me, I wish I had cards. I wish when someone's like sitting in front of me, you know, like I have all these Bravo celebrities on, I, I wish I could say, well, here's a question from Twitter and now I'm going to give you shade. I have to like look someone in the face and be like, you're going to hate me for asking you this, but I have to ask. Like, I think having the audience questions actually helps. Make Why don't you lie? Easier. That's what I do. Well, I, I think lie. I'm. I just say I've got a Facebook question right here. Um, can I ask you about how you had an affair? And they'll answer it because it's not me. I'm not asking. <laughs> I think that I should start lying. I think that like I have a whole yeah. new world here that I could like look yeah. into. Do you think totally. like reality TV and Bravo? Like, do you think they're going to start like going down that road of now like let's integrate Vanderpump Rules? Like, do you think we're going to start seeing that on just on a, a lot of shows? More, more diversity? Um, more diversity. Um, I mean, I hope so. I hope it's not, like, forced where, like, you know, you have, like, Rachel Lindsay complained there's no Black Bachelors, and then all of a sudden it's, like, a week later, a Black Bachelor. It's, like, right. it's a little too on the nose. Um, I hope it's more natural and more authentic. I think a lot of people think diversity means just putting a Black person in front of the camera. That's not really what it means. Because if you look at RuPaul's Drag Race, yes, it's a queer Black man being the drag queen host, but everyone off camera is white. That's a problem. Like when diversity, and I always make this very clear to people when, I, when they ask me about this, is that diversity has to happen on and off camera. So when you have Mariah Huck, who's a black Bangladesh, you know, she's married to a Bangladeshi man, she's Muslim and black woman, she's the creator and you're firing her, that's a problem because you're having diversity off camera. And you know, in her interview, she talked about how there was four black or, or like women of color producers and they were all fired over the couple of years of married to medicine because they didn't work with the bravo think that's a problem if, if the bravo executives are all white men that's a problem they're all white straight men that's a problem like you're gonna have trouble connecting to that diversity you know? and mariah so she so it's her she created the idea of married to medicine that's how it came about Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then she cast it with people she knew or they casted it exactly. somehow and now she's exactly. fired from being a producer and on the show she's no longer oh on really the show she's well. just fired altogether mm -hmm. oh wow i didn't realize she was fired altogether she's out that's so she's really pretty strange mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I don't and even she's know. the villain i don't so. even know what type of deal you get where you can be fired from your own show but i know that the bravo contracts are very one-sided in general. <laughs> they are. And you know, the, unfortunately these networks can take, you know, like the whole Nick Cannon thing, Viacom took a show. Like they can, they make these ironclad things and they throw hundreds of millions of dollars at you. And I'm not saying Mariah got that, but I'm saying if they give you an extra $10 million, no one's going to say, let me read the fine print, which is mm -hmm. the problem. That's why you need to read the fine print. Yes. Cause it sounds good at the time and then it's not. Exactly. Exactly. Like, what do you see for, like, the future of reality TV? Like, do you think the housewives could fizzle? You know what I mean? Like, is it, has it fizzled already? Or do you think it's the housewives is as strong as it's ever been? Just overall. Hmm. Or do I mean, you it's think tough we're tired of it? Or do you think, like, we're, we're tiring of it? And what were you going to mm -hmm. say? The numbers and the ratings? I think the numbers and the ratings are not really, like, the best. I mean, sometimes they go off and they're, like, pretty good. Um, but I don't know if Bravo looks at that or looks at it branding wise, because like, for example, like, um, Family Karma had like almost a million viewers, but they didn't give it a reunion, but then they'll give Below Deck a reunion, which is getting 700,000. So I don't really understand how they like do their numbers. I get a little confused about that. I don't, I'm not tired of the housewives, but it has become a bit of a formula, right? It's like one person, like Denise this season on Beverly Hills is the villain, is creating the issues. And then there's one person that's kind of like not fully committing Garcelle and there's someone, it's like. There's like a bit of a formula, but like I keep watching it. I don't know why. I think it's just I'm like used to it, but I don't know if they're getting, are they getting new audiences or are people just committed to watching it? Like I'm, I, I, I don't know about the numbers, 
Um, but I think I'm, I don't know, I'm tired of like just seeing the same locations. I wish they would do like something different, like a Chicago at San Francisco, not Utah. Like I don't care about Utah. Like, you're you know, not it's excited like, for Salt Lake. No, I'm not watching that. I don't, How do you feel about like Jersey and Potomac? Do you like those? I like Jersey. <laughs> I like Potomac. They're just trying a little too hard. Like, I, I just feel like Jersey I like, but I think Potomac sometimes tries a little too hard. It's like this season, again, we're doing the same thing with Ashley Darby's husband has a boyfriend. I'm like, ugh. what? Like, it, it's like either he's gay or not. Like, I don't, I just don't care anymore. Like, I just, it's like, and Karen Hooger is not going to tell us anything. Black, Bill Gates. It's like, it's just boring. I don't know. It's just, it's like the same shit. Different day. I can see that. Yeah. That's coming back. Backyard Envy is coming back. Which I was surprised about. I was like, I mean, nothing against them. I think they're lovely, but I'm like. Well, I wonder, I mean, I could be wrong. I wonder if Backyard Envy was going to come back. Because, I mean, they filmed it, but they filmed it a while ago. So I wonder if it was like shelved and it's like, okay, well we have gap because no one could film. And like, I think that's what's going to start happening with like a lot of things. Like they're just going to start taking, I could be wrong, but that's personally what I think happened. Like they're going to that like B-roll. Mm, that makes I'm sense. I, I could see that. No, I don't think you're wrong. I think that makes a lot of sense because they're a little, and you can even see like the confessionals are filmed at home um, on Beverly Hills. And I think Camp Getaway towards the end was also like that. Which a lot of people, there's been a lot of, a lot of people don't like that. I don't really mind it. It's weird a little bit, like in the same episode where like Luann is filmed at home and then live and it's just like, oh, but are you liking New York this season or is it like too much for you? No, I like it. I really like Leah and I think that like, I like Elise. I think they bring something different to the show. I'm tired of Ramona. She's just, it's like, Girl, you just, you just like hurt people, then apologize. Hurt people, then apologize. Which is like fine, um, but I like it. I think Roni's, Roni's good. I, I think Roni, Beverly Hills, Jersey, I will always watch. The other ones, I'll watch it if I'm bored. I'll like, like to catch up, watch a couple episodes, but I'm not. Like, you're, you're not upset that Vicky and Tamara are gone? I am. I like, like I said, I like the OGs. I've always liked the OGs, like Teresa, you know, NeNe Leagues. Bethany, I like all of them. Like, I was actually even sad when Tinsley Mortimer left because I do like her. Like, I've always liked her. I love my Tinsley. I think she's one mm -hmm. of the most underrated housewives. Agreed. I know Agreed. on your show we had a moment where we didn't agree when I said Nini's the most overrated housewife ever. <laughs> I just don't know how she gets away with everything. But Tinsley, I think Tinsley's one of the more underrated. I think Tinsley brought so much yeah. to the show. She's like yeah. one of the original It Girls. Did you watch High Society when it was on, back on the CW? Tinsley had her own show back in the day. I know, which is so crazy. People were telling me about that. I, I only saw her on, um, I remember Gossip Girl, because a lot of those people were not quite famous. Like, Tinsley being on that show was like A-list. And me working in fashion, we all knew Tinsley Mortimer. Like, she was the It Girl yeah. of It Girls. Yeah. You don't miss PR at all? Like, you would never go back? I'm, I would never go back, but I, I do miss, like, parts of PR because it is, like, it's really cool to see you do something and then all of a sudden this person is, like, uber famous. Like, you know, when I worked with Michael B. Jordan, he had just gotten Creed. Like, he wasn't really that famous. And it, it's kind of crazy to think, like, where he's gone. And, like, do you think there are good PR people out there? I don't mean good, but I mean, like, honest. Yes. Honest. You do. Hmm, honest, I don't know about honest, but like definitely great PR people. Aline Kishishian, who does all of the Kardashian PR, is one of the best publicists, is like someone that I looked up to and I've met before and is absolutely wonderful. Um, there are a lot of great publicists. Um, they just, you know, they're not always the most honest, but Aline Kishishian is absolutely one of the best publicists in business, I think. That's good. I, yeah. I would imagine working, I would imagine the Kardashians have a good team working for them just absolutely absolutely i mean let's face it they own the world <laughs> they really do and then out the whole kanye thing it's like they're just everywhere again because i felt like in quarantine they kind of took a break and now they're kind of back in the zeitgeist again so do you watch the kardashians though because i think it is just as good as it was day one i mean i am addicted it's so good <laughs> i love it i just they don't leave their homes but like i'm fine with that like i think they're engaging enough 
to not leave their homes. And I, I remember I have, I've had every job, but I worked for a reality producer for a while. And he said, if you can do five minutes of a video with nothing, no sound, nothing, you're a reality star. And I feel like the Kardashians can do that. The reason I like Nene Leaks is that her screen test was 10 minutes of her just talking and it's funny and engaging. She's doing nothing. So that's kind of the, the definition of reality star. Cause it's, with glam and you know this and the publicist and the manager blah, blah, like anyone could become a reality star but right. having that without all of that is what's impressive that's it that's you know that makes sense because like think of like bethany frankel like if you watched her for 10 minutes you would have a spectacle you would have an a-list show here mm -hmm. but kardashians it's still so good so good I love them. I drove to Calabasas to have those salads they have, and it was pretty damn good, actually. I was impressed. You know who my favorite is, though? Lord Disick. It's all about Lord Disick to me. So that's nice <laughs> to He's one that I've never met. I, for some reason, I've never met him, but, like, he's, mm -hmm. he's great. Anything else you want to discuss? I like to give people a chance at the end to, like, have we covered everything now that I've grown to I wanted to, to ask you thoughts? about spinoffs. You could ask me I about anything. I want to ask you about these spinoffs. So obviously we have like Candy had her wedding special and then there's all these like spinoffs. Like Bethany had a show. There was a show with Carson and Tom from Queer Eye. Like what are, what is a spinoff that you like that you're like, okay, like they should get a second season or like Tardy for the Party or whatever. Those and that's a really good question. It's weird. It's like, I really, cause you know, I feel the same way about, and I'm not going to mention any particular names, but I feel the same way when like these reality stars have, these podcasts. I feel the same way. It's like, it's hard to carry a podcast. It's hard to carry a show. You know, when you get on a show like this and you fight and you hate all the people around you and it's like, your job is so much easier when you have a strong cast. Like you should be mm -hmm. thrilled that you can show up when you don't want to work that day and someone else could be screaming at you. Like if I were a reality star and I came to work and you caused so much drama towards me, I would be like, thank God. Like, thank you for bringing all this upon me and giving me something to do today. Like you can scream at me and then put me down and treat me like crap because you're actually not even making me relevant because I can bring my own. But I would be like, thank God you're bringing it today because I'm tired and I don't want to bring it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I just feel like these spinoffs, they all fall a little flat for me, but mm -hmm. I'm trying to think just out of what you mentioned. I mean, Bethany Ever After was great. Maybe I'm just like such a, maybe I'm just such, and with Jason Hoppy and all, like, and, oh, I, didn't, and I didn't mind Bethany and Frederick. Okay, that was kind of cute. I didn't mind that. I what like real estate. Is, we like real estate. We like real estate. What else is there? Like, for me, like, so Manzoed with Children fell way short. Yeah, you're doing a thumbs down. Doing a thumbs down. What else is there? Tardy for the party. It's, I'm just not a huge Kim Zolciak fan. I'm trying to think, what else is there? What other, am I, like, what are the other spinoffs? What else am I missing? There was Candy's, like, ski trip and then she had a wedding thing Remember and you that? know what also was a spinoff that was not good is what was that interior therapy with jeff lewis i mean it was a spinoff of jeff lewis but there uh -huh. was a spinoff of flipping out like that thing with jeff lewis that wasn't great that wasn't good there was also a spinoff with um it wasn't a spinoff but it was like decorators competing remember that yes you know what was a great bravo show though was that show about the decorators there was Kelly Wussler. There was that Martin who does like the Osborne. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like those decorators. That's what I meant. Yeah, Martin oh. Lawrence Bullard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The show they had with the that decorators. was a great show. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved it. I like that. And like, did you like Ladies of London? I loved Ladies of London. Oh, I have a funny story, real quick, about Ladies of London. So I actually was at the Library Bar, which is at the Sunset Marquee Hotel, and I was like. Um, I was eating, whatever, and I see Nicole Scherzinger across the room, and I was like, oh my god, she's gorgeous, whatever. I go outside, I'm taking a grinder picture, and I'm like, dancing and posing. I turn around, and Carolyn Stansbury is getting in the photo with me, and she's like, can I get in your photo? I had no idea who she was, because I didn't watch Ladies of London. I put it online, I put it on my grinder profile, and I'm getting like hundreds of messages from people, how do you know Carolyn Stansbury from these guys? And I'm thinking, wow, this photo is making me so popular. Turns out she's Carolyn's, and, and we're still friends now. She's so sweet. She's one. She's, yeah, I like, I like know her too. She is, she's, I put her in the same category as Lisa Vanderpump. I mean, whether, okay. you know, I've heard, no, in the sense that like, well, Carolyn, Carolyn makes it look so easy. 
all of her Instagram, I mean, like the house is gorgeous, but like, do you know what I mean? Like not even like, okay, you could curate a picture, but just, she just makes it look so easy. And Lisa kind of does too, like with the jeans and the crisp white shirt. Like some days Mm -hmm. on my Instagram, it's all working. Other days I'm like, this picture today is a total mess. The angle is <laughs> and like, there's just, this is what we're working with. Like I don't do filters or anything. I just, I can't be bothered. Right. Do right. you love TikTok? Like, is that like your favorite form of a medium? I mean, 5 million views is like kind of impressive. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really do enjoy it. I think it, there's a lot more freedom in it than Instagram. Like once you mentioned, like, you know, you have to have a filter and you have to put a caption and you have to hashtag and you have to care about stuff. TikTok is not like that. It's like, if, if people like your content, people will see it and they will make sure people see it because they have like a for you page. Instagram is all about if you're verified and you're an influencer, they will make sure people see your stuff. But TikTok, it's like, you could put a video of your baby and it could get 12 million views and you might have 5,000 followers. If you have 5,000 followers on Instagram, there's no way your video is going to get 12 million views. It's impossible. Right. It's damn near impossible. Like, right. when I had, like, 5,000 followers, like, I didn't even have that many followers, I was getting 300,000 views on stuff. Like, that does not going to happen on Instagram. There's absolutely no way. So it's a, it's a different system that they've set up. And it's I think just it's about, like, what you do. Like, each video could go viral. Could go viral. And then when you look, because in Instagram, like, People are so focused on having this, like, you know, the pretty grid, right? It's got to look right. It's got to look pretty. On TikTok, like, I posted a bunch of these corny ass videos, and then one of them will get a million views, and one will get 10,000. Like, even though it's, like, kind of the same content, you have to keep posting it, and people will, certain ones, they'll respond to. It's really bizarre. And then once one goes viral, and the next one doesn't, just that's life, and we move on. I'm literally and we move on. It's not like, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's how it is. It's like, and then you just move on. Like Instagram, like everyone's always worried about like calibrating and making sure it's right. And it's like on TikTok, like I have certain videos, like now there's a video with like 6,000 views next to a video with 1.6 million views. Like that's just kind of how it is. Like you just move on. You're like, whatever. Like people don't huh. care about stuff like that. Interesting. So yeah. it's really it's just for your enjoyment more or less. Yes. Right. It's, it's just not, for your enjoyment and yeah. And there's not money really associated with it at this point. Oh, actually there's a there lot is. more money. Um, ah. There's a lot more money than Instagram. So if you, like my, I have a friend who has 5 million followers and when you go live, people can send you gifts. So people can send you like 90 cents, a dollar. And so people can send you like gifts, like if they're your followers. Um, so if I can get to a hundred thousand, then you become part of the, the market. Like you become part of the creator marketplace and then people can pay. I've also, I've made hats Pretty and mugs good. and uh, hoodies, so I sell those as well to monetize. This, war, I, you know, it's just, no, I mean, like, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I, I assume there was some type yeah. of monetization, but, like, wow. Right, right, yeah. You, wow, interesting. So thank you for your spinoff question. I have to think about that. I feel like there's more spinoffs, but they're never as good, right? I mean, don't you kind of mm. feel the same way? I agree. Even Candy Coated Nights, even though it was like a sex topic, it still didn't land. And I love candy. I mean, it, mm-hmm. what, what do you feel about Atlanta? Because to me, Atlanta's all-stars. I love Atlanta. As well, a- I love Phaedra and Sheree. I like, I love the old school Atlanta people. But yeah, I think Atlanta's great. I, I like Atlanta. I'm down with Atlanta. I'm excited for the next season. And I love Marlo. I love my Marlo. Oh. I love, I think Marlo's probably my favorite friend of, you know, she's like the best friend of. I had her on this show. She's just like, oh. yeah, she's a, like a sweetie. She too, listen, when someone comes on and I see that cup in their hands and I'm just like, are you drinking? The minute I see someone drinking, I'm like, hallelujah. And she was drinking and I'm just like, I mean, she didn't her. get drunk, but I was like, <laughs> just please. But she's like, right. I think she might be my favorite friend of also now that I think uh, about Yeah, same. I love her. She's, She's like, <laughs> but so anything else you would like to discuss? No, that's it. I mean, I, I love talking about Bravo with you. It's so fun. And you, I, I, it's so fun to talk to someone that's like so knowledgeable as well. And I just, I don't know what about Bravo. Cause I don't really like TLC. I don't really like oxygen shows. I don't watch any of that like 600 pound sister. I'd like Bravo because it's like aspirational. I don't want to see depressed people dating people in a different country on 90 day fiance. It's like, I don't need to see that. Like my no. life's depressing enough. I want to see fun stuff. 
Um, I want to see things that go deep when they need to, and then they, they like go, become fun again. I, I don't need to watch that. Sure. Bravo's my main, you know, although I do love the Kardashians. I, I yeah, love them. I also love the second Hills, the, the reincarnation of the Hills. Agreed. I mean, Agreed. justice for Misha. I mean, rumors Misha Barton's not coming back, which devastates me. No! I know she didn't do much on there, but it's Misha Barton. Give her a pass. I don't think she needs to do anything. Just let's be thrilled. She, I heard she's... I liked her. I liked uh, her. The only problem I had with Hills was all of the product placement. That was so obvious. They need to stop doing that. Times. Times. Like when like Whitney would be like brushing her teeth with crest. <laughs> it's like... And like, what? Like at least try to be somewhat subtle about it. But then I also like things like I love Big Brother on CBS. And then like, I like scripted reality, like the Chrisleys. Like I like the Chrisleys. So like, then I get weird. Oh, and I also like- Chrisley I like. like It's cute, right? And I also like Jersey Shore and Double Shot of Love with Pauly and Vinny. So I I kind of Oh yeah, I like that too. I like that too. I like Jersey Shore too. Okay, fine. I watch other networks too. Actually, you know what? I actually really liked um, Are You the One with the gay version. I thought that was great. That was great. Like, that's a great show, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. love, like, anything mob-related. Like, I love Mob Wives, and I love... Oh, my God. Oh, R.I.P. Who, what was her name? Oh, my Karen God. Karen Gravano. Oh, Big Ange. Oh, Big Ange. Oh, I love her. So I like, like, the New York shows, because I'm like... And I'm really good friends with Karen Gravano, who is, like, the nicest, sweetest human being in real life. Oh, she, didn't she get a spinoff as well? I thought Karen got her own spinoff. It was Families of the Mafia. That's what just came, which was also a great freaking show. It was great. I don't know. And anything, (laughs) I don't know. It's so interesting. But you'll like come back on and I'll come back on your show. Please do. I would love that. And um, yeah, if anyone wants to follow me, Amir Yas official on Instagram. And then if you, that's the same on TikTok. And um, I also sell like hoodies, mugs, whatever. And it's called Neex. It, that's my catchphrase, so. I'm going to have to check it out. And your Instagram is everything, so everyone definitely needs to follow you. And on TikTok, I'm going to check Thank out you. some of your videos. Please do. Thank you. You are amazing. <laughs> it is so great having you. You'll come back on. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Everyone follow Amir and text me, DM me. We will be in touch. All right, I will see you later. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.